Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi, welcome to In The Pink, sponsored by Bose. Stay home, stay healthy, stay connected. So let's talk about you. And I'm going to, for the sake of our listeners, reflect on your career stats, which, by the way, kind of blew my tiny mind. Oh, they're pretty average. Come on. (laughs) 599 races, 97 wins. Nearly uh, 97, 98, depending on how you do the maths. I'm sticking with 98. Okay, let's go with 98. 98. Yeah. I like being corrected for an extra one. Podiums, 233. If you say. I mean, it's a lot. 51. So listen, tell me how that makes you feel. Does it make you feel very proud or just very old? Uh, well, actually, here's an interesting thing. The numbers, actually, until a few years ago, didn't really mean anything because it was still work in progress. And, it, you know, I never saw an end to it. So I never saw I never saw a, a target because I was still, you know, year in, year out, doing the numbers, winning races. And it was my old man actually came across something because you know what they're like. Um, he found something about me on the internet and it was some driver's database thing, which some, some fruitcake has added up all of the wins of every British driver since records began. And if they're international status events, uh, so, uh, you know, Formula Renault upwards, karting doesn't count. And he basically found out that since records began, I was number one of the winners list. And, and uh, Lewis was number two, and I was a good 10 in front of him. And the, and the little stinker, which I'm not at all upset about because he's a ledge, uh, just recently overtook me. And it was only then when I, when I saw it, and I went, good Lord, that's pretty cool. And then you look down and you see Mansell, play down. But, you know, it, we do lots of races. So, but yeah, I get, I, you know, I'm pleased, I'm proud, you know. I've only had a couple of rough years. Most of the time I'm in the mix and competitive. And it's only because I love it. You know, I'm, I'm a bit, I'm, I think it's probably fair to say I'm slightly autistic in that, you know, I'm driven and focused and nothing else matters by and large. So getting up every day to, to, to try and, you know, win races and be fast just is what, is what I do, is what I do. And but yeah, it's a nice, it's, you know, it's a nice thing, and it's, it, you know, I don't know about your kids, but my girls are not interested 
in the slightest in what I do. And it's like, are you going to be, oh, you're so you'd be home late on a Sunday night. I mean, not how you've done, they're just not interested. So, but actually, they did start to get a little bit of interest. And like, oh, you're, you're not that bad at that, Dad. And that's a great feeling. Of course. What else do you do it for? Um, yeah. Now, you, you use the term autistic there, and I know it's not one that you would loosely throw around because your own daughter's autistic, and I know some of your closest friends are. We'll come to them later. Do you think you are on the spectrum? Do you think that that is part of your, your psychological makeup that makes you determined to win? Without a doubt. Without a doubt. And, um, you know, a lot of my, a lot of my friends, not, not, you know, across all walks of life, whether it be, you know, engineers in motorsport, where, where, where there'll be some drivers that I've formed some friendships with. And I try not to make great friends with drivers because everyone's all two-faced and try to have you over. But, all, you know, all different walks of life, whether they be businessmen or, or, or chefs or whatever they do, most of the, the, the go-getter successful ones are a bit on the spectrum. And I honestly think, I, th- I think in an individual world, and motor racing is, even though they, you know, it's, it's a team thing, and, and golfers, business people, chefs, because that's an individual thing really, I think it, it, it provided you, you haven't got too many leaves on the tree, I think it can be a help because it does give you an insane focus Almost, um, or almost a focus that isn't quite normal, and that people that are perhaps on the spectrum would just get a bit bored with it. And you know, if you think of the great aerodynamicists, and I mean, how, how do they look at little bits of racing cars for months, trying to find something? That's a that's a gift. But that's not neurotypical. And, and I see it across all different walks of life. So, yeah, I mean, you know, my oldest is high-functioning autistic in that she's got, you know, a few leaves on the tree. But definitely, you know, there are some, I see some similarities between me and her in many ways, actually. Many ways. Yeah. Let's take a look back at your childhood. You are born in Oxford. Tell us about it. Was, it. was it a happy one? Was it a busy one? Close to your family? Uh, yeah, I, mean, I was born in Oxford, but I only spent like four years of my life there. And then, and then we went up to the northeast to Newcastle, where my dad was in the motor train. And do you know what? I'm an only child. My childhood was good, actually. I had a brilliant time. Um, you know, I, I went to quite a strict, boys-only, traditional, kind of traddy, punchy, sporty school. And I think had I not had that, I would have most certainly gone off the rails. I'm absolutely convinced of that. But, you know, my childhood was, was, was karting. And, you know, it was epic. You know, we, we, we literally lived in a little black van. Me and my mum, my dad and the dog, Cat Castrol. And we literally, every weekend, when I started karting in 1980, I would say from nine, late eighties onwards until nine, until eighty six, eighty seven, we were carting nearly every weekend. So we were never at home. We were, you know, we, we'd pack the van up on a Thursday night. I'd get permission. What once it got serious on a Friday, we'd we'd scoot. I'd be off school. My mum was kind of like team nurse, caterer, um, person that would diffuse arguments between me and my dad, who was my engineer mechanic. And yeah, it was just brilliant. You know, we traveled, we traveled around Europe. I mean, it was, 
it was wonderful, really great. It was our little team. And the other thing is we were with a community where all the others were just the same. They all had their mums and dads there and they were traveling around the UK. So it was this amazing, even though it's competitive, it was this amazing little group of like-minded bunch of people. I mean, it was, it was fantastic. I mean, I have many, many fond memories of it. And miss it, actually. I do miss it. And who was the driving force behind that? Was it your mum, your dad, or you? Um, well, originally, because my old man was in the motor trade, you know, he, he uh, you know, once the cartoon started to kick off in, in you know, 1980, he was what you would call now the dealer principal of a BMW dealership. So he'd come around with different cars all the time. And I love cars. And I can remember going to the Grand Prix at Silverstone in 77 or 6. Um... So motorsport was a thing, you know, it was just, you know, I can remember sat in his lap when back when Bathurst came around and we would sit together and watch it. And he took a, a, a racing car and it was a bad debt. Someone owed him a couple hundred quid, couldn't pay him. They were one of his mates. He went, look, I'll have that bit. And it was, it, it lived at the, the garage. And on a Sunday when the petrol pumps were shut in those days, they had chains of, across the in and out we'd you know drive or actually him and his sales manager and his service manager would mess around on a weekend driving around the pe- petrol pumps and then i got my eyes on it and said, can, can i have a go and off it went and within a, you know within a few i guess weeks months we'd found he'd befriended uh the guy who owned uh time car auctions well which was not far from our house so you can imagine if you got a car auction you got a massive car park I mean, the car auction's not on, it's empty. And we became very friendly with the local copper because we were making so much noise. Every night we were there, he'd turn up half an hour and go, can you just... So we get, you know, 45 minutes or something like that before we were kicked off. And then we joined, you know, we found the local circuit, joined the club and started racing. And, you know, my first year was 1980 and... I mean, I can remember going to my first ever race meeting to sign up to the club. And they said, look, what number do you want as your club championship number? And, and I said, well, what can I have? He said, well, there's a list. <laughs> and I, I looked, I said, well, I've number one then. He said, oh, you can't have that. That's for the winner. I said, well, I, 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 and I looked down and number six was the next one. I thought, I'll have six. And that became my lucky number. And I got number one at the end of the year because we won the club championship. And it was great. It was great. And I still keep in contact with some of the old carters. To this day, you know, we're still keeping contact. Wonderful times, really great. I can't imagine how proud your parents are of you. When you think about reflecting on those days, if anyone had told them back in 1980, you'd go on to have this this huge success, nearly 100 career wins. They must be bursting with pride. Yeah, and they love it. You know, they've not, I mean, I can count, on less than one hand, actually, how many races over the years they've missed. So if you think how many I've done, you know, I can remember being at Bathurst in for the big race uh, in October. Maybe it was 2004, something like that. And then, you know, on the Thursday was, because it's like a week-long event then, on the Thursday, I was walking down the pit lane, I'm like, what, what, what are you doing? Here? Well, we just thought we'd come out and have a look. <laughs> So they love it. And I can remember, you know, when I got my first drive, my first proper drive with Williams in 97, as a bit of a thank you for all the support. I mean, you know, they remortgage houses and all sorts of stuff. 
So I, I booked them a two-week holiday, like a proper deluxe, five-star deluxe in the Seychelles. And it just happened to be, it was over Knock Hill weekend. And I gave this to my mum and dad. I'm like, oh, great. And my mum piped and went, you have to change the dates. I said, mother, it's, it's Scotland. It's Knock Hill. You've been there loads of times. <laughs> no, you have to change the dates. And guess what? I have to change the dates. <laughs> they, were, they were not going to go because they were going to miss a race. But yeah, they love it. They're still around, you know, they're still, they come to all the races now. They love it. Thanks so much for listening to In The Pink. I hope you've enjoyed the podcast you've listened to so far. Please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe. Check out our Instagram page at in underscore the underscore pink. And you get all the details there about how you can win some of those Bose noise cancelling headphones. And Join the community. We're all talking about the various guests that we've had on the podcast and who we'd like to see and hear in the next few weeks. So thank you for joining us. Stay with us. Stay healthy. Stay home. Stay connected with Bose. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.